Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm really, really excited to be back for another update with Laura Fay. How are you doing, Laura? Hi, I'm good. Thanks good. for having me back. Happy post-Equinox. Absolutely. Yeah, we've been wanting to do this for a few weeks, but we've both been kind of knocked out by... And, and this is how I interpret it now. I just look at what's going on in the stars and um, like my mate in work. We always talk about what what full moon is coming up and we kind of measure it based on our own energy levels now, which was not a thing a few years ago. And now it's like a really important part of, of the calendar. Well, it is the calendar, isn't it? It's true. I feel like we talked about that last time. I feel like we're starting to use these ancient uh, systems like astrology to make sense of things because it's, it's funny because this has been the theme this week is returning to our ancient codes you could say our templates our blueprints and so navigating our lives by the stars makes sense as we return to our ancient templates because that's how we used to all navigate much more directly without the interference of technology hmm. well there's there's all this i see a lot of tiktoks about um about how the calendar is all screwed up and there's actually 13 moons in the year and all the there's lots of different theories and i don't know which one is is right but it does seem like the the calendar the normie calendar is just like out of whack it's just kind of knocked off yeah. the astrological calendar um and the more i get into all this stuff the more it just seems to make sense and i don't i don't and also i can see very clearly how new year's eve i mean i'm not into doing any of that new year's eve stuff anymore and that used to be my job i was a dj so i would get like two gigs on new year's eve and i'd be working for seven hours at double pay and that was like my night that was kind mm -hmm. of like the the dream whereas now it's like i think new year's eve would probably be the same as every other evening and i'd be drinking water because that's basically all i do now yeah yeah because it's it's uh off it is it's meant to be more like spring equinox i feel like mm -hmm. march is meant to be the real new year i feel like that's the chinese new year that's well, more accurate yeah it feels like it as well because that's spring mm -hmm. you know right. uh, the days start getting longer and um the idea that the new year is you know at the end of december beginning of january it's such a like dark and depressing it's kind of midnight in the year it's not the new right day. so yeah well and oh, i'll just say i feel like there are other events that go on at the end of the year that that actually that whole week is very dark week technically and for us who read energy who are very sensitive to it it won't feel very good so since my awakening and being very awakened to this energy that's it's typically I'll say between Christmas and New Year's that week and Super Bowl mm -hmm. and um 9-11 was actually pretty significant the energy is dense and heavy and it's not you can actually kind of feel it it doesn't feel celebratory mm -hmm. in the way that you would think and so yeah, this is one of the things that during 2020, during the lockdown, um, there were certain people who are really into dates and numerology and some that think it's a load of nonsense. But it was clear as day that they were announcing these tyrannical lockdown policies on specific dates. They were like on equinox dates. And um, we went into our second lockdown in the UK on Halloween 
on a Saturday. Um, so it was the first time when anyone had been allowed out to like go get drunk, go get go party, wear fancy dress. The government announced a new lockdown on Saturday evening on Halloween. The government aren't in session on a Saturday. There's no, there's never happened before. It, they would announce something on a Monday morning or because it's not actually when they sit at all. But they announced it at that point. And I remember because I was out with some friends and I thought about it the next day. I thought, or it, even as they announced it, I thought they've done that's very clever. They've crushed the vibe of the entire country in one fell swoop there. They've taken away all of their hope on this key date. I can't ignore stuff like this. And I think that's when I got really into astrology and key dates and stuff. Well, because because they are because it yeah. all runs on the occult um, calendar, you could say. And so they have been doing it that way for for a very long time. And we just weren't activated enough to notice until now when so many of us are awakened and you put the pieces together, which like you're saying, it's not hard to do because it's not it's not hidden. It's very knowable and seeable what they're doing, how how that works when we're when we're looking at how the matrix is crumbling yeah it's just stuff in plain sight i've got, I've got... it is basically crumbling because we're only just seeing what they're doing very clearly that way yeah the, i like the interpretation that people the response to people who say things are getting worse is it's like no things are just getting more visible it's basically how it's been for a long time it's just you right. can that's exactly it. I feel like I, and the symbols and the everything, all of it feels just if, I, I feel like I said this a long time ago, but it is the feeling of when everyone does start to awaken because it is a unstoppable thing where it's a domino effect. And you may not think everyone's awakening yet. There are some that are stuck on the other timeline, the bifurcation timelines, but the ones that are on this higher timeline that can see um, it is going to be more of a effect of seeing what you didn't see in the past, like seeing what we didn't see right in front of us for so long. It's not going to be what's happening currently because our actual reality is totally different now. And so it is kind of just like looking into a different timeline or looking into the past, but not actually that being affecting you and your current reality. Yeah, that's something I'm kind of trying to encourage in in my audience is to like detach further and further from um from engaging with any of this stuff. And it's because right. like to do it for my my mental health. I actually gave this a go, you know, let's tackle all the psyops and do the daily news coverage and expose all the lies. And I'm here to tell everyone that if you do that every single day, you'll go insane and it's really bad for you and you're stuck in a loop. So Laura is like the proponent and the person I follow for sort of thinking of stuff above that. And you, you don't really engage with any of this political stuff at all, or at least not publicly. Not, no, I don't anymore. I did for a long time. And it was a very, I feel like that is a stage, you could say, or a necessary part of awakening and ascension is the fourth dimension rabbit hole mm -hmm. and the conspiracy theories that are actually real truth. So, but knowing it is a step. You can't bypass that step and get into a higher dimension i do feel like it's all connected it's just that you right don't want to stay in that because it 
will make you feel very bleak and hopeless for humanity. That's what I would, I would assume. But uh, the reason I go into fifth dimension energy is how it feels. It's through the heart and knowing there is a silver lining, knowing there's a new earth, knowing that there are star seeds that are activated to hold love codes is through my twin flame activation. And so it was that feeling of that sense of God source. So it is basically the key is holding, knowing that there is a God source that we're connected to. And there's something beyond this fourth dimension rabbit hole that is actually some actual reality that we can start to access. So it isn't like there is no hope. It's actually the opposite. There is this whole new reality that's accessible to us, but we do have to go beyond the fourth dimension and the conspiracy loops. Yeah. See, I'm very concerned about this at the moment and kind of shouting it from the rooftops is, um, and I saw a Magenta Pixie video, which was all about basically us going through a loop from three years ago. And there are people- Oh, I saw that. Yeah. You watched that one. Very accurate. Well, is that from stuff you're picking up yourself or from observing? Because basically, you know, when when she gives you information from the nine, you got to interpret it. And like, and what I'm seeing is, yes, there are talks of new COVID variants and new spikes, and there's a bit of a push for it. But there's a huge amount of awake people that are talking about nothing else but the return of masks and that they're going to bring all this back. And I'm saying, no, 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 you're manifesting it. You're not focusing on something else. And what you're talking about with the fifth dimension, as opposed to this fourth dimension rabbit hole, is actual creativity. Like, what are you going to build? You, You are free to do that now. Don't worry about the government. Yeah, that was, well, the part of the video I feel that I resonated with personally was that she was saying, as she was, I feel it was maybe remote viewing. It's it's something that we're able to do where she taps in with the nine, I tap in with the Pleiadians, but it feels like uh, there is no there there. There is no uh, mask lockdown. There, it isn't there in the energy. And she kept saying that in that video, which is what I personally also felt that it is not going to manifest. In other words, it's the what they're wanting to do, which is from three years ago, of remanifesting the same timeline. I I saw it then. Obviously, we all did, but I don't see it now. And that's so that's all I can contribute to that. But it felt it feels like there is a attempt because we've reached the past the point of no return with the looking glass. So it's like the looking glass technology that predicted this awakening that predicted there was going to be a time when they could throw everything they wanted to at us and it wouldn't work. And I feel that that's what this is. This is the point of the looking glass taking effect where there are too many awakened souls. And you could say there are more unawakened than awake, but one awakened soul holds consciousness for like 75,000 who are unawake. And so actually we have more numbers We have more numbers in the higher dimensions and realms as well that are coming in that are right beyond us. And so they're outnumbered is the feeling. And none of that is going to work 
in the way that they believe that it's going to. It might work for some people and it will be that effect of us looking into a different timeline and observing like lemmings walking off a cliff. But that is not, again, it's not the timeline for the ones that aren't manifesting it. Hmm. Well, yeah, I feel no connection to this yeah, timeline, I suppose you'd call it, which I was so immersed in two, three years ago, you know, the resistance to all of this stuff. Whereas now yeah. Yeah, I, I I I see it as um not a distraction because people like saying that a lot, just it's not useful. And the people, and certainly the people that are attracted to protesting all the time, I see it as like unhealed trauma loops. You're angry, you're staying in a low vibrational state. And when I got involved in those protests at the beginning, it was because they were like joyous and they were really uplifting things after such a period of darkness. Um, and it's just changing form. And like, I, I mean, the last times we spoke, it went on um, on my subscribe star to keep it like private. And this one is going to go out to everyone. So expect a few nasty trolls because I've got loads of nasty trolls, but we get used to this. They can join the club. Yeah, yeah, you've got plenty as well. You've had experience. That's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. Like a key reason why I, I've had to roll back on that subscribe star idea is because I realized I don't want to be seeking out, you know, lots and lots of people talking about new age spirituality and making loads and loads of contacts because I can't know that they're like not charlatans or whatever. I can't vet people that quickly. So it's a really dangerous thing to do because I've done it like twice before where there was what this sort of right wing movement. I interviewed a load of people uncritically and went, hey, yeah, let's all be friends. And there were some crazy people in there. And then I moved on to the anti-lockdown thing. And now they're all fighting one another because they've got like ego problems. So I've kind of looked at, right, I want to learn about you know, all of this crazy awakening stuff and realized, ah, be careful because this arena is going to have a lot of them. Have you got any thoughts on that? The, um, well, the the new earth awakening community, is that what you mean? Or the spiritual? I don't even, I mean. New that... age community. There's different types, I would say, mm. of uh, ones that are saying different things. I tend to not listen to any of them. That's what I, I, I don't. I only listen to my own guides and I do not look, unless it's just to see like magenta or uh, so I don't actually, I couldn't even tell you anyone's name, but I, I notice sometimes I'll, I'll see a post that I resonate with because it will just be confirmation of a download I've also received. But I don't go to anyone to let me know what's happening. So, and I actually feel in a perfect world, we would all get to this point where everyone is that way and has their own very dialed up intuition and doesn't need to, because it's it's the gurus that are going away. It's the energy of giving a, your energy and attention to gurus that's going away. And, and if the guru is saying follow me or something for all the answers that's to me a very strong red flag because all of them should be promoting and saying i give all of this to source and the divine and if anything i'm helping you find in yourself is helpful then i've done my job 
And so it's more about where is their ego and where's their consciousness level and how much of this is attention seeking and how much of it is because you're on a divine mission and I can see that fully and I can see it in a few people and that's really the only ones that I trust fully is the ones who they say they're on a mission and from the divine and it's very apparent mm. and it's not a pyramid scheme feeling yeah that's a that's a key term for it um especially we're, we're going through loads and loads of psyops of people saying can you trust this person can you trust that person and my honest litmus test is like this is my personal thing is i've got to know someone so like we know each other by this point because i've chatted to you plenty yeah. of time and when you describe like people that um just that you resonate with that's how it is now I think two or three years ago I was kind of like oh wow we're in a spiritual war and I'm scrabbling around in the darkness and I'd look up for you know these channels with 600k people to kind of guide me in the darkness and I really don't do that anymore I will spot someone on Twitter and be like oh you look cool that's a really that's a funny take I agree with that and look and they're only on a thousand and it's like yeah that's probably that's probably my kind of person and this is how it is there's no real looking up anymore because um i think people that want to create that kind of following are driven by quite a dark impulse anyway and you can't you can't really get a huge following without having some of that sort of service to self narcissistic stuff going on right well, and I hope that that's what's switching is that the ones who are getting their chakras activated can start to see what is motivating someone to do what they do. And is it, is it, where is their source? Yeah. And that's what I would just continue to ask. And I, and I do feel it is a problem that there's a lot who feel like they are artificially spiritual and it's an act or it's to have some type of narcissistic grandiose complex uh, i noticed that actually with a lot of the masculine uh, old masculine guard that's gonna be probably not working in the long term whatever they've been doing it feels is uh, is very highly deceptive energy and i i don't want to name any names i feel like it's rampant though yeah you're, you're describing a character archetype I can kind of think of the guy with with a beard and loads of beads and like uh, and his harem um and everyone looking up at him like a guru I can think of scores of yeah. I've seen well that. I'll say this is because this is what I'm hearing from the Palladians is that um it's like Bikram you know who went had a lot of bad press and I don't feel like anyone even knows where he is that founded Bikram Yoga. I want to tell you, most people are Bikram and you just don't know it. Okay. I don't and know. that's that, That's what it is. I mean, he was abusing all of his students sexually. He was very inappropriate with them and all this stuff. I do want to say, and I feel it's much more rampant just because it's what I'm getting. It's more rampant than you think. And a lot of them also will have a very highly deceptive feminine if they're with someone else that's going to make it look like oh i'm in this um, high vibrational connection that's also 
fake and that's to fool you. So, right. And I'm not saying walk around and assume everyone is this way, but more so than not, they are. Yeah, no, it's just that you can smell it. And I think what you're talking about is that you to feel people more than figuring it out through logic or piecing together little scraps of information to prove that they're controlled of it's kind of just just listening to the words listening to the tone of voice and feeling it in yourself and um I knew that there was going to be something going wrong with with this wing of things um you know when when the lockdown and everything happened, I was kind of looking at, right, what which sections of society are awake and which aren't. Like, who's... And I personally think, like, our generation was rubbish. I think loads of them were just rubbish. And older people tended to be a bit better, at least in the UK. Um, but you had this new age thing um, where it was... Like I, I have this interest in tarot cards and meditation and crystals and all that, but it was so over the top. And I, I knew there was something wrong with it and doing all of these healing workshops all the time. And now I can see that the people that are doing this don't have the discernment to see what's going on at the moment. Um, and they're stuck right. in loops. Well, because if you're not, and I say again, having this twin flame activation, I have got straight connection with the Christ conscious stream. So when you're connected with the Christ stream and channeling from the Christ stream, and I feel the Palladians are part of the Christ stream and every guide that comes through Archangel Michael, um, goddess Isis, that sometimes gets a bad rap from people, but the ones who come through me very strong, who I channel Ultimately, I have done a lot of work to make sure that that's in the Christ stream and have discernment of who you're channeling and where they are coming from in terms of looking at the quantum field. I don't know when you're in healing circles and sound baths and all these types of things, what is being released, what is being accessed, what is coming through into everyone. And I wouldn't personally be comfortable going into that unless I was running it myself. (laughs) I know that sounds a little funny, but it's true because I would have to know that I'm protecting the energy and protecting it with the Christ stream consciousness and not allowing for anything else. Because when you get into a cult and you get into this divination, where you're talking about tarot cards and everything, we use divination tools pendulums I, I don't use a pendulum um because I just don't because I've been guided not to but the feeling is right you have to have a very strong level of discernment it's not just because you're gonna you could possibly be being used for ulterior motives maybe unbeknownst to you as well hmm. yes. and that's just something to be aware of but for the ones who do this work because if you just think, oh, I'm tapped in, I'm getting messages, well, ask yourself where the messages are coming from and and who they're coming through and what vibration the messages are as well, because that's part of reading energy. And it's it's not just one energy, it's lots of energies. And we just have to be very intentional and discerning about what you're accessing hmm. when yeah. your third eye is open, when all of your senses are open, or you're psychic, you could say. Yeah, I, I, I don't know... Um whether 
because this is in at the deep end for a lot of people that watch my stuff i don't want you to be put off in any way by um i don't know the mention of arcturians and pleiadians and isis and that because i i go through the same thing as this i'm a hundred percent guided by divine intuition like i know exactly what i'm supposed to work on next and i also know whether i'm meeting that bar or not and it's not me deciding it's come it's coming from somewhere else i just don't have a clear name on who it is i don't know if this is coming from archangel michael or what but i do know that it's good rather than an evil force and this is all connected to sobriety and limiting who you spend time with um, and being in hermit mode a lot and if i could draw a sort of opposite the um because i spent so much time in these ravey environments just full of, you know dark full of people doing loads of drugs and stuff and there's loads of demonic possession going on in environments like that so we're talking about the exact opposite which is when you uh, you know, you've got a really clean diet. You don't have people in your life that are uh, demanding things of you and taking up your time and um, and draining you in any way. When you don't have any of these influences, then your intuition becomes really strong. However, I don't think I know anyone else who can put such a name to it as you do and knows who these messages are coming from. Yeah. Well, and I don't channel, I mean, it's, it's whoever they are, because I'll, I'll get a name. Uh, and I, and they have a very strong signature energy. So it's, it's, I can tell based on the energetic signature of who it is that has a message. And that's why I say you typically where the message is coming from, and who it's coming from. But right. If you're just saying messages, um, I, with no source, or you're trying to say it's coming from only you, that's what I feel is the issue. Or there could be this lack of knowing what you are able to create through, say, it's a breathwork circle, for example. And let me just say something about breathwork real quick, because I, I am not a proponent of it because... I do feel like when you are forcing yourself into an energetic state that is not your your typical way that you like to be in order to force an, a result of some type, you're also invoking a lot of other spirits into your vessel possibly. And I used to do a form of breath work when I was an actress and I would have to get into character to play someone who was being victimized, traumatized. I would do heavy, deep breathe, br breaths, and it forced me into a very heightened, uncomfortable state. And that was the point, because <laughs> so, I was trying to access my own trauma. So a lot of times, if you're forcing yourself into a state like that, I, I would say in the long run, it might be more damaging. Because, and I would also say it's the same thing with any type of ritualistic type of thing that you're going to do under the guise of spirituality but actually in the energy when i look into it energetically it's a dark energy it is not a light energy because a light energy would be possibly going into a forest and um con communing with nature and being very still and observant you wouldn't 
go around a lot of other people who have probably also very traumatized to reignite your trauma. To me, that's summoning energies that are of a lower vibration to come into your energy field and stay there with you. And so I would just be really cautious of that. And it's it's never sat well with me that it's become such a big thing. Yeah, well, that's really interesting that you learn it from the acting world, because I really wanted to dwell on that today and ask you a lot of questions about um, about coming from that. But as you mentioned that, I was remembered, I was reminded of an old friend of mine um, who he went off to become an actor and we were good friends when I was about 21, 22. And he did these methods, I think, was it the Alexander method or something? I don't know much about it, but it's method acting where you do this stuff to really get into character. And he ended up getting so angry that um, they became very concerned about him and sent him to therapy. And there was a lot of repressed stuff that he like needed to work on. Um and I've just found the whole thing so fascinating because acting isn't quite as, it's not just playing pretend. And it was really clear to me from that point, it's not just playing pretend. You're letting something else occupy you and flow through you. So yeah, tell me about this right. as, as a world that you've come from. Well, you can look at old interviews with, I think it was Shirley MacLaine and Jack Nicholson laughing at, at each other at how he was channeling demons and that's how he played all those characters. And I feel like he actually said that verbatim and he said, yeah, I don't know who it was, but that's who was coming through me that day. And it, there was a knowing, and I actually really like Shirley MacLaine. I feel she does a lot of very deep work at this level now, but um, right. Because both of us, it's interesting coming from that background. I was always channeling characters. Possibly I was, I mean, I was not conscious. So it could have been other entities as well. And I will say, I was not physically very healthy when I was acting for 20 years. Um, I was doing a lot of drinking. I was doing a lot of, I would bartend on the side. I'd work and take any type of job I could so that I could keep acting. And I would work in strip clubs and I would do all kinds of things that I would norm. I would never do that now, but it's because the cult of acting will get you into thinking that you've got to put acting first. And it's a business that's very detrimental to your soul. And I, and I, if I was not doing what I do now, I would probably speak more about this, that I feel almost like, and I love movies and I love watching art, but the business of acting has become so skewed away from art that it's hard to watch now because I'm only seeing a lot of actors that are being taken advantage of and they let themselves be taken advantage of because the entire paradigm of it and the entire industry is set up to be attractive to the ones that are very traumatized in uh, general. It's, yeah, because they're chasing that fame and that value. they want love. And they never got it. Then typically that's it. And, or maybe their parents pushed them into it very young and they never got to establish a firm identity of their own. And so what I feel was a lot of people who did not have their own identity uh, attempting to find a home or something 
in this acting world. And I was in LA for a very long time when there was a rise of all these casting director workshops that also were scams that you pay so much money to be an actor. You pay, you, you don't make any money. You, you pay so much money for workshops, for classes, for um, headshots. And it's all just to keep you basically feeling less than you are and continue. To, it's very cult-like. I just, I only see it that way at this point. Hmm. And I, I'm still in SAG after, so oh, they, yeah. can, they can kick me out at any time. <laughs> no, I've, uh, <laughs> yeah. I've spent the past few weeks reading this. Have you ever come across this? It's by Jay Dyer. It, no, I haven't seen that, but it looks good. Yeah, the tagline is sex, cults, and symbols in film. So it's taking you through stuff like um, Eyes Wide Shut's a bit obvious. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's telling you what's going on. <clears throat> and, um, and yeah, so you saying it's like a cult. It is It is a cult. I've got an, a, another book that I need to start. It's this Rose McGowan one, who obviously a few years ago said, yep, it's a cult and I'm going to take it down. Um, and it's all built on this stuff. And I really do want to see it all crumble and collapse because movie. you're right that movies have become unwatchable. Like a video that I'm working on that I'll have at the, out at the end of the month, I'm just binging horror as a Halloween thing. Um, and I think the reason that I love it is because you can have a complete outsider thing. You can just have a young director who's got a really good idea for something scary. No one's heard of any of the actors and it's made for $4 million dollars. And it does really well, or like Blair Witch Project and things like this. These aren't, I don't think that these are traumatized actors who are like desperate and fame hungry in the case of these like breakaway hits. I think that they're hitting on things that we know we should be scared of, or it's reflecting something about us. And, um, but you're not getting this. This is like the opposite of the Marvel DC thing which is just churning out I don't know I haven't watched any of these in years but it has been nice to go back to like old movies that I can actually enjoy yeah yeah no I love I love it but there's it's a it's a type of feeling of be aware of what you're watching so I'm watching it aware and knowing that all the actors are under contract all the actors have signed their life away none of them see their families they uh they and also when you're famous, I mean, they're gonna put you under like a gag order. Of, basically, you're not gonna be able to speak your mind or speak your truth. And we saw that a lot because they are just gonna uphold the mainstream agenda. And that's what celebrities do. But right, they're also going away because I don't think anyone cares. I I personally don't. But it, it's the age of guru is ending. Typical as well as the age of celebrity is mm. also going to be going away yeah considering we used to worship these people i used to check in on the oscar viewing figures every year i'd never watched the oscars but it was really interesting just watching the viewing figures absolutely tank it year on year it's turned it's tanking it's falling in on itself but right because i i don't know it just feels like um what they do is they find the ones who hold a lot of light they find the ones who do have light and then exploit it Mm. Yeah, exactly. Because if we were watching anyone on screen who didn't have light, you wouldn't be interested. So there is a sense of 
there's a predatory energy in Hollywood that will find the ones who have this quality to them. And then they use that quality to build them into celebrity to then mind control the masses with whatever they're doing. But I do feel like we are switching away from that paradigm because honestly, something I would love to do is go back to producing movies that are for the awakening. But I'm not going to produce movies for the awakening in the old Hollywood paradigm because honestly, they wouldn't pick them up. And I and I know that that's true because they just will deny you. They'll take maybe part of your idea and put it into a different script and a different director who they can control. So you have to do it your own way. You have to self-produce. You have to find avenues to get your work out if you are an artist and you don't want to go through this archaic system. Mm -hmm. And I would do it that way and find the ones who support you and release your films somewhere that's not through their distribution regime because you wouldn't be able to anyway. Yeah, well, I think the form of art is just completely changing as a result of this, because these are all systems that are in free fall collapse at the moment, Hollywood, like being one of them. Um, and you're right that like, if you did want to make a change within the system, well, you can't because everyone else is faced in the opposite direction to you. So you're just going to walk here and then well, you can't get any further than that. They're going <laughs> to they're going to say no at the first point. Um yeah. But I also I, I take your point that I don't think it's going to look the same, like because like all that machinery is there to you know where you've got your line producers or whatever they're called to actually make the movie and the investors and side mm -hmm. we don't have the investors you you don't have um, the ability to make stuff with loads of money and there's some quite important bible verses about that so i do wonder about how art is going to change because it's it's never going to come from a place that's got funding if it's genuinely like of the light yeah unless you find an angel investor who <laughs> and i mean that almost literally well no. find someone who's angelic to invest but also um, with your own vibration and energy and vision, you will find those ones that would invest in you and your art. And I do feel that very strong when it's your purpose and calling to create art on this earth, you will find a way to do so. And that does feel, I'm, I'm just getting, it's going to be a huge shift away from the Hollywood system and away from having agents and managers and all of this. I actually feel uh, I'm just getting a lot of actors have already stepped away from their managers because that's another aspect of the cult that I've always felt was very weird was that you you can't get a part yourself. You can't get anything yourself. You have to go through your people. You have to have your agent. You have to have your manager. And a lot of those people and the casting directors and the ones on the other side of things tend to mostly all be very um narcissistic and controlling and demonic in my opinion and they're preying on the ones who are the talent for their success for them to keep going and we don't need them and that's what i feel like but but the cult will tell you you need them you got to go find one to represent you and... i don't i feel like when you fundamentally make the shift in your mind that you're the one with the talent and you're the one with the vision and 
they can't do anything without you, then maybe everything will start to shift. But it has to be that level of self-confidence and self-worth and, and knowing you're just, you don't need them to be able to figure out a different way. I think you do need to have that level of confidence. It started for me sort of mid-2019. I was like, no, 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 I know I'm onto something and I know I'm really good at this. It's everyone I know that's wrong. It's absolutely everyone else that I can see me around me in the world. And I'm still right and I'm keeping going and I'm meeting the right people. But the, I think this thing happened um, in the lead up to covid um, and that, and as a result of the lockdown and all that itself, is that um, well, everyone got shaken out of the matrix if they were supposed to be. Like I had so many dramatic events happen to me that meant that I was nowhere near the life that I previously had, and then we had lockdown and we're we're off on this spiritual awakening and stuff. Um, and and it sounds like it was the same for you in like the acting world and all that is that it became gradually unbearable to the point that you were never going to last there anyway. And and it's just yeah. an inevitable result of of these systems collapsing because they're only bearable for either narcissists or basically their prey. Yeah. And I, I also feel I don't know that I've ever said this publicly, but that I was only an actress so that I would meet my twin flame because he's an actor. And if I had not been going down that path, I would never have met him and I would never have been activated. And I wouldn't be sitting here with you. Ah. So I, the, I left my agents months after meeting my twin flame uh, because I was done with acting. And mm -hmm. I never really, I, unless I'm making a TikTok and it's a lip sync, because sometimes I do that for fun because I spent so many years acting. But it was very clear to me that well, a lot of times with your twin flame, just to segue, because I, I do that, but you will have had parallel lifetimes, a, a parallel life with them. And so a lot of times it helped me to know it was my twin flame, because we basically have the exact same story. Both of our parents divorced when we were three. And um, he felt the way about acting that I did, that it was his family on the other side of the screen. I remember asking him about this because I met him because I was auditioning and taping all these auditions for my commercials and for acting. And he was he was recording me and, and I talked with him about, this is like early on before I knew he was my twin flame, but we had the same feeling about why we even wanted to be actors and why it spoke to us in this exact same way and how we, not every actor will tell you they feel that they're channeling characters, will tell you that they feel that they're a channel because a lot of them aren't, aren't consciously aware they're doing that. But he said he was, and I always had said that as well. And it was a feeling of um, connection on a very deep level. We both lived in New York. We both lived in LA at different times. And had experienced the exact same types of energies. And so it was like an overlap of a life where uh, his life was my life. And it was very, it was almost like a meta experience in a good way, like a deja vu experience. But right, when the lockdowns happened, which was right after my twin flame activation, I, I stopped acting because I just, had had such a surge of energy and Kundalini come on 
from this experience with my masculine that I just couldn't continue to give my power away to an industry that was very disrespectful of my sovereignty and my soul. Mm. Yeah, and I'm wondering whether this was happening on a macro level with basically 2020 as this sort of cutoff point where all of this stuff is going on to... I mean, basically everyone's whole life up until that point might have just been prep work and then stuff happens that just completely turns you the other way. Like there's this tiny bit of my brain that kind of wants to go into one of the pubs locally and ask if I can like get a DJ set just purely because I miss playing music for a dance floor. And I really, really do. It's it's the easiest way that I've been able in my life to raise the vibration of the people in front of me. I absolutely love it. But that lifestyle that I had in my 20s and actually working as a DJ, other than it being just something that I'm doing for a little bit of fun, just because I kind of miss it, is like, no, I would never, ever, ever go back to that. It's It's the same as you doing just like a little silly TikTok. It's not a job. I do not. Well, right. It's creative expression. And I and I also feel for you, too, because I was just getting this as you were talking and for all of us. But there was a very direct switch from ego to service to others. Right. And so when I was enacting, all I was doing was serving my ego. And it wasn't about being of service to an entire collective and and doing much more for humanity and for the earth. And mm. so I couldn't do it anymore because it was only in service to ego. Oh, I'm going to book a commercial and someone's going to see me for five seconds. And that's going to be the highlight of my year. Like when I could go channel messages from the Pleiadians and help others and raise the vibration consciousness of the entire earth, I think I'd rather be of service. But that was the direct switch. And when you were saying you want to go raise the vibration for others, Exactly that because that's more driving us is raising the vibration for others than being of service to my ego. Well, I mean, I want to check what your perspective, like when you were actually doing this acting work was, because when I was a DJ, I did have service to others in mind but it was the industry that was so narcissistic that I couldn't have any success in it really I always got so many compliments for how able I was to read the room and just basically put people in a good mood right you give me 30 people and half an hour I'll know what their music taste is by just watching how they dance and we'll all be having a good time and it could be any group from any background you know switch it up I'll figure it out and most DJs don't do that at all because it's about being a superstar and what's their big single and who's the big guest singer on it and like my problem was I couldn't pick a genre I like if I just picked dubstep or drum and bass then you can get known for one thing but I couldn't do that because I like too many things so I couldn't even do that basic thing of just hitting one lane so I couldn't even start really making a name for myself well because you like the craft of it or you like the that's that would be the same thing for me I guess it wasn't like oh I'm I never really booked anything when I was acting anyway so it was always just the study of it and the craft of it and the joy of acting itself and the joy of of creating a character and creating a backstory and it's stepping into something because it's a form of art for the ones of us that are actors. It's it's still using yourself, which is strange because I don't have music or a 
um, I'm not a painter. So it's not like I'm producing something outside of myself that's art. It's like you are the art, you could say. But it's a lot of really interesting to me about psychology, energy, why people do what they do, a, a, a massive study on the human condition, you could say, by embodying and inhabiting so many different roles. And that was also what I loved about the craft of acting is that I could step into any one story to merge, to see how that would be and how would I be if I was someone else. And I just loved that so much. And I think what happened was I just wanted to find out who I was. And when I realized who I was, because that's what a twin flame will do is wake you up and say, this is who you are, but this is your higher self. Go be this now. I got addicted to being my higher self instead of needing to explore and be all these different characters all the time in order to feel like I was self-expressing. Hmm. So it's a little different, but. Um, well, I like, used to have this, like I needed to be a musical encyclopedia. I needed to know about all the little subgenres and what years they were most popular and what the labels were and just all of this. So that uh, if anyone, so that I can impress any crowd, basically. It was a real, like, I need to do this. And then that just went in 2019, or probably a little bit before that, I started, I guess, getting into, like, oh, wait, the entire news is a lie. And I stopped caring about music so much. But, yeah, this stuff this stuff does drift away. And I, I, I've i got this keen interest in the acting thing, because when I was in university, that was basically my life. I wasn't doing acting at university, but I fell in with the drama society and they had the most fun like they did. I think you can kind of bully people forget you were a drama kid. It was great. It was really, really fun. And I was always in like the comedy roles. So I got to play Sherlock Holmes at one point. So I, I know what you mean about like stepping in. It's amazing stepping into the role of like a classic character that loads of people have played as well. That's such a fun like thing to play with. But yeah. There were, you could say, five to ten percent of the people in the um, in the drama society were pursuing that as a job. And this isn't me saying like that they were nasty; they were lovely people. But as soon as I saw them graduate and have to attack this world of trying to get work in acting, I was like, "Wow, that's savage!" I'm so glad I'm keeping this as just something that I enjoyed for three years. And then don't have to think about because it, it looked so hard. They were fighting so hard for one line just in the background in a hospital scene on something on the BBC that no one's going to see, you know? Right. Well, that's it. It's all I, I, I feel like that's why a lot of actors will stay never really being professional and just love the craft of it and continue to do that side of it but then when you do want to go pursue it professionally that is where the big switch happens and right I I did Shakespeare and Company which was the highlight of my acting um when I was younger I don't know I was probably 15 years ago now but everyone there was just so bright-eyed so loved Shakespeare and Shakespeare I love today it's whether or not that's another story who Shakespeare actually was, but, or, or multiple people, but it feels like 
right there's a difference between doing something because you have the joy of doing it versus having to go be professional at it and start to enter into this cult with the casting people and the headshots police and everything else that you need to basically be controlled and manipulated and give your power away and the joy gets sucked out of you and I was there was no joy to me towards the last few years I would say when I was only doing that trying to get work mm -hmm. and the joy of it was really from going and playing and doing Shakespeare and doing uh, fun roles for nothing not even for pay I mean I would prefer to do community theater than a professional film because at least you have the freedom to keep playing and there wouldn't be all this weird energy around you mm. so I feel like that's again what we as all artists want to start to create is a sense of joy play and freedom and creativity and beauty and so when you were asking me where I think everything's going to go I actually feel it's going to go back to campfires and stories around the campfire and theater I I saw something Idris Elba did recently with Ruth Wilson in London and it was a 24-hour play and it was all improv and everyone just came on and she I think Ruth Wilson did it and had a lot of her friends come on and they would just come on stage and it was improv and it was something I don't think anyone had done before but it felt really high vibrational to me and it felt joyful to me and that's something that I think is going to we're going to see more of that type of thing live theater and um anything that feels live it could be live DJ events but it's that's the feeling to me where we're not going through anyone's old system to just be joyful playing creative and expressing ourselves. Yeah, because what you were describing with the what was it sort of headshot gatekeepers and all this system where you've got to jump through hoops to get it's the same in every creative industry. It doesn't matter which one you pick. Um, with the DJing, it would have been being signed to a label, and what's the best label you can get signed? Yeah. A booking agent and all sorts. Um, and yeah, as I say, I think that the uh, people that are not meant to be in those industries have already been shaken out of them. You should. Yeah point you won't be in it it's a vibrational frequency alignment because when you're giving your power away you're not in a high vibration mm. so none of that's going to actually attract anything in new earth so again those are going to be the ones that will be on the other timeline the lemmings and not to sound like because we used to be on that timeline I, I did that for a very long time we're not judging anyone who's on that timeline but we're just saying there's another way. It starts by you connecting to source and finding your energy, your strength, your power again. Mm. Right. But if, if you can't do that and you want to keep giving your power away because fundamentally, you know, it's, it's the split. It's the, there's blinders on. They don't even see us. I don't know that we even register. I don't know that anyone on that timeline would even know that this exists, this reality that you and I are talking about mm. creating. Because yeah. they just don't see it. So um, there's there it's it's a matrix effect of being totally plugged in, and you're not going to see anything that's that you're not you're not going to see Zion because you're plugged into the matrix still. It's I mean this confuses me about movies and all of that is that 
they're damn useful for describing the current situation that we're in. And I, I get very confused about what's predictive programming and what's actually just a metaphor for reality that you just like can't get away from. But there's a lot, there's a lot of truth in these movies and I've tried avoiding them for, for so long. And now I'm like, nah, maybe I'm not so scared. Maybe if I watch them, like it won't, it won't poison me to death, but, um, but yeah, seeing everything. Yeah. I mean, the matrix is a little violent, honestly, even watching that recently was not easy because I'm very sensitive now to watching these things, but they were planting seeds at the time for us. So it was 20 years ago or whatever, but they were planting seeds for us for now. And whether we want to revisit them and watch them again, that's okay. But we, I use that as a metaphor just because it, it works so well. Well, it's just strange, isn't it? The Matrix works far too well as a metaphor. So you have to conclude, well, just describing the situation as it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, especially with this bifurcation of timelines, and you've got the ones that are awakened in a new Earth energy and the ones that are still plugged in. And because when I think of it as where is your source and where is your spiritual source? And if your spiritual source can only be found in the matrix, then that's where you are going to vibrate. And if your spiritual source is found in Christ consciousness stream, and I don't mean religion Christ consciousness, it's more like your own connection to something bigger. And you could say God source. It could be whatever it is. It could be nature. But it isn't something that's from, because it's as a result of going through the 3d through the 4d and into the fifth dimension energy through the heart mm. well, so yeah but, it's a deeper connection than i was raised to be a protestant yeah. or a baptist well, that's I, not the same thing we have me and a couple of friends have this constant battle over christianity because of this term christ consciousness and the fact that it's real and the divine is real and god is real and all of this stuff and how does it actually like how does it fit in and um and i i meant to recommend your book actually but i've read a book that was written 500 years ago um by saint john of the cross and it's called the dark night of the soul and it's absolutely it's fascinating because it takes you through these two sort of situations that god will put you in and the first one is the dark night of the senses where you have everything stripped away from you it's the story of job um where you'll lose your job, you lose your family, lose your health and all of this stuff. And that hardship actually is what produces faith because all these people, you know, who are living it up in Hollywood, the rich guys, they don't have a lot of faith because they've been getting these rewards. Um, and But the second half is the dark night of the soul, which is the exact same thing that happened to your senses happening to your spirit. And it was quite something to read a text from 500 years ago that is explaining this thing, which now I hear quite a lot of people talking about. Um, it is This is happening on a, on a mass scale. But if you look hard enough, you can find people that went through it 500 years ago. Yeah. Oh, the dark night of the soul is part of the awakening process. So exactly, because that actually comes first mm. and pretty severe. And well, cripples you 
but it did come after um that which i don't see people really talking about because they don't really they don't necessarily need to but it was a part of the book is that this dark night of the senses comes first where you lose all the material stuff you know your career path and all of that that all comes before it that's actually just prep work for yeah. the next part which is you being left in the darkness in a spiritual sense which is is heavy stuff right yeah. it's very heavy and it's and we have to find your way through that I uh, feel like the way through that is how you find your faith, like you're saying. And mm -hmm. that's the faith. And that's usually when you find your connection to higher self, God, source, or whoever it is you're connecting to that pulls you out of the dark night of the soul. Because mm -hmm. I don't feel what happens with the dark night of the soul is that it's so bleak. You, you do lose everything. And it doesn't feel that you yourself pull you out. So that's how faith starts to be developed because there's a knowing I couldn't have pulled myself out of this state. I definitely had, like for me, it was the Pleiadians very strong and Jesus and this feeling of, and the God, the goddesses and a, feel, a feeling of if I didn't have them around me, I was in a black hole. And this was in my twin flame separation. And it felt like it lasted definitely six months, if not a full year, but the def definitely the six months of being in a black hole, um, getting divorced and leaving my old job and leaving my agents and leaving acting completely and having a total healing crisis, got rid of all my things. Um, yeah, I and then my dog passed away as well at the same time. And yeah, it was. I had this knowing that okay, I don't know how I can ever pull myself out, but I just listened to the Pleiadians, and that's when they came in the strongest for me was at that time. And I was making YouTube videos at that time too. You can watch them. I'm I was in a different state than I'm in now. It's very clear, but I left them up there because it, it just helped me pull myself out. And that wasn't even me. That was me trying to connect something bigger to pull myself out yeah I'll, I'll have to send you this book then because he is describing exactly that as you've just said it is that it's not you climbing up the ladder because you're kind of left there with nothing it is just god's piercing light it's this shard of light in the darkness that's it's almost like it's lifting you up like a tractor beam would lift up like an abduction thing in an alien it's like an abduction but in this dimension yeah yeah, yeah. but but um yeah it, it just gets difficult talking about like christianity are you a christian and and this kind of conversation because this is all just based on stuff that's happened to me the past few years i'm like well i, I definitely believe in this stuff and then we're scrabbling around going well this religious stuff i'm not i'm not i'm not getting involved with that lot because i know that that's not what i'm after but um I think we're, I'm really talking about mysticism. So I was able to find this guy as a Christian mystic. And I've read this book. and I'm like, yeah, this is brilliant. And I know that there are Sufi mystics and Hindu mystics as well. So I think that's really what we're talking about is people that, because um, it's been a comfort to me being able to find really, really old texts that are explaining uh, stuff that you hear a lot of people talking about now. Um, yeah. 
I find it very, very helpful. Um, but it, it really is nothing to do with what you would call religion. No, and I and I feel like it makes sense why at some point the monks go silent. And that's by choice. <laughs> because at some point there's nothing you can say. It's just gonna be your being and your vibration and let that speak for you. Because when you're when you got a lot of people that are still mind controlled in some way, trying to force their dogmatic beliefs on you there's nothing you can say so it's better to just not engage and continue on and <laughs> say less and be more of your frequency it is funny the example of a monk or a nun as well I got a little flashback there because there was a nunnery uh near where I lived about 10 years ago and back then that that would have been the most imagine becoming a nun or a monk uh, the absolute opposite of what I would have wanted for my life in my 20s because I like drinking and partying and having fun and now my life isn't in effect that different from a monk it's not that different you know <laughs> I know that's how I feel I feel like a nun most of the time mm. but it's not because it's because on some soul higher level we chose this and definitely have had the life experience of the way other opposite end of the spectrum because I was the same way in my 20s yeah. of all that so it's it's a feeling of you're on this when you're this activated and this awakened it it's almost like your life becomes not your own and you become more of a flow state with the divine and follow that and that's I would never have known that I would do this work or say that 15 years ago. That's that would never have come out of my mouth. But it's that's also how you have faith is in the total awareness that something bigger than you is at play. Mm. Well, at the moment, it, you know, it, I've gotten used to it guiding me through absolutely everything from about from the point of basically thinking about it for the first time or really considering what do I believe about five years ago to kind of being smacked around the face with it to now having basically no doubt. I pretty much know what I am expected to do and what my path is like every day. There's not, which is really funny about, um, about free will and fate and all of these concepts. Cause I think once, yeah, once you've been smacked awake, none of it really exists you don't really have a choice anymore you've got a job to do and you've got to get on with it yeah and that's that's the spoken like someone on a divine mission oh well because I... well right but that is that listen to that i mean what you just said if people want to like rewind and listen to that again because if they're the gurus or whoever in the spiritual community is not saying something like that or some version of that they should be. I mean, that's that's the ones that I would want to follow, to trust, to listen with your heart. And if it's anything else, yeah, I would just be aware. Well, you're supposed to get to a point where, yeah, as you say, you don't need anyone because that's yeah. sovereignty. So um, we've done exactly. it at this point, and really, we're supposed to be doing a, an Equinox energy update, and we haven't touched on that yet. So what what can you no. tell what's Funny. on? Well, because it's kind of overshadowed by eclipse season so strong that right. I feel like the eclipse itself, there was a lot of balancing that was happening. It's a lot of 
bringing masculine and feminine energies together in a very big way. The equinox is also, it was also very powerful to um, get you to be more of your fullest authentic self, not care how others are viewing you. And the sense of that energy is going to attract new relationships to you and also bring you into balance with your higher self because it's a sense of I'm not going to keep up with the Joneses anymore and I, I'm not going to try to fit in. And if something is bothering me, I'm going to speak on it because there's a lot of Aries energy here. So I don't know if it was the full moon in Aries that we just had, but the feeling is a lot of Aries energy, which is being bold and being seen. And because I, it is the, I think North node is Aries currently, they shifted. Um, yeah, and the South node is Libra. So that's going to be the next 18 months. And we're kind of still in this phase of aligning authentically to who we actually are. And then our relationships also reflecting who we authentically are. So if you're with people that aren't reflecting your highest self and they're still reflecting your ego or they're still reflecting material world or things that aren't resonating or false spirituality, because I see a lot of masculine energy is being deceived on a high level by false spiritual light workers, especially these false feminine ener energies, Jezebel energies. And I feel like that's attacking the divine masculine collective very strong. And it has been very strong and they need to start to open their third eye and see the difference between a divine feminine and a false feminine that's keeping them in the false spiritual matrix. And also the masculines that are keeping them in a false spiritual matrix because it's a lot of recognizing your own power to start this new paradigm that you need to start to know that you're here to do. And I say that for whoever it is, divine masculine, divine feminine, because it's not going to look the way that they have created it to look in the false spiritual matrix. And that's why I keep coming on here all the time, very guided to do so, because I don't try to fit into that false spiritual box in any way. Mm. And because it is a box and I'm, I'm trying to show the difference, literally show by showing up. Yeah. And I'm, I feel like that's what everyone should be feeling guided to do in your own way. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's why you and me get on is because I try and be this sort of contradiction that doesn't make sense to show people that, Hey, yeah, of course you can do this. You can be that and that at the same time. And it doesn't contradict. And I love to bring people. I'm so, I'm so used to it. It used to, get to <laughs> You know, it happened to me my entire life. Um, and when I was young, it made me feel really bad about myself. And now it's just like, I can see things that you can't see yet. And and I'm like, I love it. I, I don't want to get a good reaction from everyone. I want to shake people's demons awake and look for the next thing that can trigger people because it needs, it's work. It needs doing, you know? Right. And a lot of them are hiding in the spiritual community, the ones who are actually awake. and don't hide in that community it's not for you you're you're for a different you're for a different energy it's your own energy <laughs> it's uh that's that's what it is yeah yeah you don't need to follow no one follow yourself no one. exactly well it's been really fun to chat it always has been and um i'll hit you up again uh i guess yeah end of december when um for the winter and we'll see where we're at um okay i can't wait 
Yeah. And I'll post all the links and stuff below. But yeah, thank you, Laura. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. So good to see you.